The Tapper Teacher Training is an annual retreat for homeschooling parents, a live in-person gathering that brings together heart-centered homeschoolers from all over the world for hands-on learning, community, connection, and fun. And I'd love to see you at Taproot 2024. We'll gather August 1st through 4th at a camp in Northeastern Ohio for a long weekend of engaging workshops, hiking and yoga, and personal reflection. Taproot gives everyone a chance to experience and practice singing, painting, and building main lessons in order to foster a deeper understanding of the hands-on, Waldorf-inspired approach. A team of experienced homeschoolers offer guidance rooted in each of their family's life to help bring you more joy to yours. This is our 18th year of offering this amazing experience. You can learn more at artofhomeschooling.com slash taproot2024. You're listening to the Art of Homeschooling podcast, where we help parents cultivate creativity and connection at home. I'm your host, Jean Miller, and here on this podcast, you'll find stories and inspiration to bring you the confidence you need to make homeschooling work for your family. Let's begin. Hey there, my friend, and welcome to a new episode here on the podcast. Today, we're talking all about homeschool planning (laughs) and specifically how to rein it in. Because honestly, this is a real bugaboo for homeschoolers. So whether you're a planner by nature or you naturally dislike this task, I want to help you get a realistic view of how planning can work in a reasonable way so that you don't go down so many rabbit holes of endless searching and uh, have a much more realistic and reasonable approach to the planning process. I want you to, by the time you get to the homeschooling lessons, I want to make sure that you're not all worn out already. Instead, uh, I want you to Find a way to simplify and streamline the planning process for yourself so that it doesn't take over your whole homeschool life. (laughs) All right, let me tell you a story of uh, this one summer uh, of what I would call (laughs) over-planning. I have three kids. They're all grown now. You probably know that. And yay, (laughs) they really do grow up, I promise. So one year when summer arrived, I committed to doing more planning than I had done because we were ending a year where I felt like I was just flying by the seat of my pants when it came time for lessons. Maybe you've felt that way before too. So I had the curriculum, I had the books, I had the supplies, but I had just never gotten around to, uh, coming up with a concrete plan. And as a result, I never really got into a groove, right? Of knowing what was coming next, of of having a a vision, an overarching uh, vision for the year. 
like uh, all year, honestly. <laughs> I was really disappointed when the end of the year arrived and I felt like summer planning was going to be the remedy. So that summer, every day practically, <laughs> I would wake up and start planning. I'd bring out piles of books. I'd sort through ideas that I had printed out. Um, I kept folders of, of different articles and ideas for stories and activities. I'd write out plans for stories and uh, what, what verses or songs or movement games I was going to do with my kids come September only uh, to come back the next day and change it all up or uh, start down a different path. I'd write out ideas for one block and then think about, oh yeah, the daily rhythm. And then I'd work on that for a while. And then I'd go down uh, some rabbit hole, some deep rabbit hole of searching for maybe just the right poem to go with another block I was all over the place. But because I was so determined, and yes, I think most people who know me would say I'm a pretty determined person. So I just kept going with it, right? I had no real roadmap of what to do first and then next and then next. Um, I didn't really have uh, a concept of the planning process. And this went on all summer long. While my kids swim at the pool, I'd sit in the shade with my pile of books planning. While my kids played in the yard, I'd sit on the porch with my notebooks planning. And so it went uh, all the way until the end of the summer. And you know what? When it came time to start lessons in September, I was really tired. I didn't for particularly feel motivated and I still didn't really feel ready. I had collected lots of notes and ideas and possibilities, but I still hadn't really put them all together. That's when I decided I actually needed to start limiting my planning process. First, I needed a step-by-step -step process to follow, right? the like like plan out your block topics by month first and then look at that first month and plan that and then plan your days and your specific lessons oh and you know make sure that you have in mind how you're going to rejuvenate or fill yourself back up and how you're going to set up your environment that's what i began to envision as a process I, at that time, really, and always, ever since I first heard this story, I've been inspired by um, the recounting of how Rudolf Steiner, the founder of the very first Waldorf school, how that teacher training went right before they opened the school for the first time. So Rudolf Steiner, he's the visionary and the founder of that school, and he gave lectures to about a dozen teachers for two and a half weeks, and then they opened the doors of a brand new school, a school that uh, was using a brand new approach to learning, had never been tried before, a school that uh, was was opening his doors for the very first time and didn't have a written curriculum. 
Okay, I thought, I can do that. (laughs) Two and a half weeks, yeah. Uh, I actually realized through all of this that most of us need a way to rein in homeschool planning. We either avoid it completely or we just keep going and going and going like I did that one summer. We need to set limits and parameters because once we see, like, for example, that we've got maybe 20 days for homeschool lessons in the month of September, maybe even less, right? It depends on your life and your calendar. So maybe we have 20 days for lessons and decide that we'll bring new material Uh, every other day, right? So that we can review in between. So then the fact is we only need 10 stories or source material to draw from for those 10 days. What we don't need is to go to the library and gather something like a dozen books with hundreds of pages in each in order to find that source material or those stories. Honestly, limits can be our friends. And so once we begin to really narrow down like what it is that we actually need, the planning doesn't end up taking as long. So that's when I developed my six steps to planning an awesome homeschool year. And when I tried planning that way, I felt this sense of freedom and relief, such a sense of accomplishment, and finally could grasp that planning did not need to take over my life or rob me of a summer. So this is what finally worked for me. Uh, the six-step process that I developed spell the word bridal, and this was a really wonderful after-the-fact discovery on my part, but it brings me such joy because, in fact, we do need to rein in homeschool planning in a big way, I think, while at the same time have a clear process for how to go about it especially because almost every homeschooler I know starts out thinking that the curriculum we buy will give us the plan. I certainly believed that in the beginning, but soon we realize, like long about week three, that the curriculum we bought can be a fine resource, right, for those stories and source material. Like I mentioned, you could you, we can use the curriculum to pull from But the plan is still up to us because hardly anyone ever uses a curriculum exactly as written. Like I often say to homeschooling parents, there's no such thing as open and go when it comes to homeschooling curriculum. So here are my six steps to planning that might help you figure out you know, if this seems like a reasonable process for you, or maybe it will give you an idea for how you want to do it for yourself. All right. Step one is blocks. So map out your main lesson topic for each month of the year. That's your overarching view of the year. 
Number two, rhythm and resources. So we want to embrace the seasons, the rhythm and cycle um, of the seasons through the year and begin searching for resources for each topic and each month. But at this point, we know we don't need (laughs) two dozen books (laughs) for each topic. All right, step three is inner work, which is really all about making a super simple, sustainable plan to keep ourselves filled up. Step four is daily rhythm. We want to map out uh, a rhythm of the daily activities for our family. Step five is lively arts lessons. We design a format for the lessons that includes lots of hands-on artistic activities. Step six is the environment, setting up the space, right? Our homeschooling space. We want to think through how we set up the supplies, how we keep our children's work corralled and where that all is going to live in our, in the space that we have. So these six steps, it's um, blocks. B is blocks. R is rhythm and resources. I, inner work. D is daily rhythm, L is lively arts lessons, and E is the environment. I just love this bridal process, and I've found that it not only works for me, but for other homeschoolers as well. So at this point, I've walked probably hundreds, I know hundreds, hundreds, maybe we're getting in the high hundreds at this point of homeschoolers in my mentor community through this process, and I get messages all the time, like, like this one. So helpful. This makes homeschooling manageable and simple, right? Or messages like, this is exactly what we needed, or clear, helpful, and supportive. (laughs) Honestly, I think as homeschoolers, we have to find ways to simplify because our lives are so full and we are responsible for so many things. And one important aspect of that is to keep the planning contained so that we can stay on track without going down too many rabbit holes of endless searching or comparing to things that tend to lead to discouragement. And when we feel discouraged, we don't show up in a way that is uh, helpful to help our children, um, guide our children to engage in the lessons. If you're interested in getting my help to rein in your homeschool planning, then check out my Homeschool with Waldorf community. Inside this community, you'll find we have over 20 masterclasses in there. I do a new one every month on all things homeschooling, one of which is my Plan It Out course on how to work through the six steps to planning an awesome homeschool year. You can find all the details at artofhomeschooling.com slash homeschool with Waldorf. And whatever you do, make sure to find a planning process that works for you and doesn't take up every second of your precious summer or holiday break because fun and rejuvenation and time with family are important too. That's all for today, my friend. But here's what I want you to remember. Rather than perfection, let's focus on connection. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Art of Homeschooling podcast. 